Aloha friends, it's Robert Stelic. Welcome to season number two of the Blue Planet Show. If you're watching this, you probably already know that this show is all about wing foiling and the personalities behind the sport. I try to go a little bit deeper, find out more, get the good juicy stories, and just learn more about the people and how they live their best life. So I hope you can join me for another season. Today's show is a really cool talk story session with four of Oahu's best wing foilers. And we just uh, give each other advice for more advanced stuff like wing foiling and onshore wind, how to handle your wing without it getting in your way, and then also jumping off the top of the lip and landing back in the wave. But we also talk about more uh, entry level tips, just how to get up on the foil and tips for beginners, like how to get started in this cool sport. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation. And I just want to apologize that it's been a while since the last year's 16 episodes. Kind of, I got really busy opening a second location for Blue Planet. We now have a new shop in Haleiwa. It's running pretty smoothly. And then around Christmas time, I got COVID and I was really feeling low energy and not that good for several months. So um, about a third of the people who get COVID actually uh, feel the long-term symptoms. So I hope you're not one of them. But I'm happy to report that my energy's back. I feel good. I'm excited to produce more shows. So I'm going to re-interview some of the people that I talked to last year and also talk to new people. And I really appreciate everyone's suggestions, comments down below. Keep them coming. And I appreciate the support. And uh, so, yeah, I hope you enjoy this cool conversation with my buddies. All right. Thanks for joining me, guys. Today, I got Koa, Eli, Derek, and Lucas here with me to do a little voiceover on a video that we shot a few weeks ago. And I wanted to talk a little bit about winging and onshore wind, like riding waves and onshore wind, because it's something that I always find a little bit tricky with the wing handling and stuff like that. Luca was the drone photographer that day. And then Koa, Eli, and Derek and I were all in the water. So I'm going to green share here and we're going to play this video. Can you guys see the screen? Yes. You can see it? Okay, cool. So yeah, this was a rainy overcast day and we went to another spot first and it was kind of raining and we weren't sure if the wind was gonna be good. So we kept going. And, and then the, the wind seemed really light and we weren't sure if it's gonna be windy enough. So we ended up sending out first to see if it was windy enough. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that, Cole. You were the first one to go out. How, how was it just to get going? Yeah, it was uh, a bit nerve wracking just because uh, it was my first time being there. And I was just like, oh no, what if I go to the sand bank and hit the sand and just get stuck and hoping that the wind was there. Yeah, it's a tricky spot because if you can't get up on foil, you end up getting pushed downwind into the bay and like basically on the shallow sand. But once we saw you able to get up and going, we, we all pumped up and went out as well. And then this is actually at my second session. I came in and got the camera, my back mounted GoPro Max camera. But yeah, what I wanted to talk about a little bit, one thing I struggle with is when you're riding the wave, going, going with the wind, I, I never know where to place it so it doesn't because if you put it in front of you, you end up getting backwinded 
And then sometimes when you put it behind you, then it gets like stuck on the water. Maybe Eli, tell us a little bit about how you handle the wing and onshore conditions. What I what I try to do is have it bluffing behind me with enough momentum. So when before I set it behind me, I make sure the wing has momentum and, and is moving enough for it to float. Because if it doesn't have that movement or momentum, it'll drop like you mentioned. Also, sometimes I'll let the tip touch the water for a little bit. And when I turn, I usually try and swing it around. And that swinging energy really um, helps keep it floating a little. But yeah, you're right. It's really challenging with onshore conditions. Yeah. What about you, Derek? Do you have any pointers for the um, riding in onshore conditions? I, I think because I use that Y handles too when I'm surfing, I don't really feel any, like the even if it's onshore or offshore, it I keep the wing on my shoulder like a shield and that um, prevents any backwinding or any kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it just, I don't know, wherever my shoulder goes, like in the video, it, 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 it kind of helps. But if I was to hold the front handle, definitely would have to like, take a different approach yeah, to, hmm. to it. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that too. Even in, I guess if it's side offshore, it's hard to do that. But you kind of like to keep the wing really close to your shoulder and, and then hold it by the Y handle. Yeah. Yeah. And then with that allows me to use the wing uh, wing tips like a, as a pivot point. Yeah. It seems like with that onshore conditions, how um, Derek holds it, sometimes when it's onshore, the wind will power up the top of the wing and he'll get some power and uh, speed from that almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like pushing you, how you back when the guy's put the wing behind him and he's just riding for miles. I can use that as, as a advantage and get me to flat spots or project you to a turn to make it look like you, you're turning even harder. But actually what's happening is the wind is just kind of pushing you and you're just surfing the foil instead of uh, trying to uh, mitigate what's, what's happening. <laughs> yeah. What, what about what about you, Koa? What was this the first time you winged? No, you winged in Kailua and other onshore conditions before, right? Yeah, I would just say just keep the speed going, and the wing will just do its own thing. Yeah, I don't know. I get, I think it just takes some practice too. I guess I just hadn't had that much practice riding in onshore wind. It's just different. When in sideshore conditions, you can just flag it out and it'll stay next to you. But it's definitely different when it's onshore conditions. You have to, yeah, you just have to make sure that it doesn't end up in front of you when you're going faster than the wind. Yeah. So if you're going down the line on the wave or with the, sometimes you can get backwinded and then that's, you definitely don't want the wing between you and the wave, basically. But I've noticed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You end up running over you're either going to run over your wing and land on it like you're rafting or something, or yeah. it's going to come in front of you. And then if there's other surfers or all your other winger friends, you're not going to be able to see anything at all. So you just got to, I, I think if you go and you probably spend a few hours, you should be able to figure out what will work, you know? 
Yeah. But it's definitely not something where you just go over there and you show up and, and you're comfortable. You just got to work it out or surf other spots in that similar wind range and just figure out what works best. Cool. So the one thing that was really fun that day was like just jumping on the, you know, kind of like jumping off the top of the wave and landing back into the wave. And that's seems like it's pretty easy to do when the wind's blowing onshore because the wind kind of pushes you back into the wave yeah so you do you want to talk a little bit about that uh technique of jump jumping off the top of the wave and landing back into it maybe eli you were doing a lot of those jumps I am regular footed. So the wind is a little side onshore, favorable for being regular footed. That means jumping going left would be heel side. With these light onshore conditions, anytime it's onshore, it's a little easier to stay on the wave, but these conditions were really light and onshore. So it makes it a little more challenging. <clears throat> you definitely want to project your momentum forward and not too much to the side you don't want to fall out the back you want to make sure you land in front of the wave so you can continue riding it um but yeah anytime it's onshore conditions it'll help push you into the wave a little yeah look at that that was a nice one you landed right in the whitewash <laughs> and came down that was a nice one any tips for pulling off the landings more consistently you know, it's all up. It's really helpful if you land in front of the wave so you can uh, keep your speed and momentum up. Also, the way you point your foil in the water when you come down can be helpful. And when you kind of bring the foil up, that kind of helps stabilize it a little, like a little Rayleigh or bringing it up a little. That helps it helps me anyway stabilize it and it helps me stay sheeted in with the wing you can see they're bringing up and landing it right down there yeah i find it helps to put your weight a little bit on the back so you don't nose dive on the landing yeah and then what what seems to work for me is like touching down slightly with the board but then trying to bring it pop it back up right away on back on the foil. What about you, Derek? You got any tips for the, for the landings? Yeah, in, in that watching the video and stuff, you would, when you come in to your approach to do an air, you hit that top section, but you hold your wing kind of so that the wing, the wind is in your cell and it's pushing you, not necessarily just going straight up and holding it, Cause if you you point your wing straight up it'll take you up and then the wave will pass by you so you got to go up and angle your wing towards the the direction that the waves are going and then it'll help you push you and it land you towards the wave face and then from there you can surf it out yeah. i think if you was to just hit it like a regular air and um like you're going out it'll it'll just go take you straight up the wave will pass and you land behind. In some of the in some of the videos, you can see, you know, some of the guys land behind and you're like, oh, shucks. But they didn't mean to do that. It's just that the projection and the way to win, you got to travel, you got to take your errors in the same direction that the wave is flowing out. 
Yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Cora? You got any pointers for jumping? I would usually just pump my wing, get enough air. And once I do, I try to go like on the edge of the wave. And once I'm in the air, I try to snap it onto the wave. So if I'm going, here's the wave. And then if I'm going like up it, I try snapping on it so I can go back down it. But my dad says always point it down and then you'll come back up. But usually that doesn't work because I usually just nosedive. So I like keep it flat when I land. Yeah, I've noticed that too. If I uh, landed too flat, it, it, the no once the nose catches, then you're done with it. Yeah, so I almost try to lean a little bit on the tail, keep the weight on the tail so that doesn't happen. But yeah, here you can see Derek really um, getting the wing behind you. So it's almost like the wind's pushing you, right? Like the wind's pushing you from behind. And then I'm going to play the, uh, this one again because that, that was a good one to see. Where, yeah, you get yeah, the, yeah. the wing behind you, where it's pushing you, and then swing it around. That's pretty stylish. <laughs> I haven't figured that one out yet. Yeah, no, it seemed like watching the videos and from when we was there, it seemed, didn't seem like you have any issues with the onshore. I guess it was, that's what you felt when you was riding. You, you yeah. felt like it was kind of hampering your style a, a, a little bit, Rob? Yeah, I kind of felt like I could either go left or go, but then the transitions between going like back and forth, weaving back and forth. I, I just haven't figured out how to yeah. put the wing behind me like that yet, like where, where it, and where it's smooth. That's still something I'm working on. And it looks like Koa, you can, oh. you're still kind of... You're still working on that too. A lot of times the wing wants to flip over like here, yeah? Like it catches and flips over. But yeah, I've, I've seen you too. You and Eli both, sometimes you you drag the tip of the wing a little bit so it comes behind you and, and when you turn, yeah? I've seen that. You know what? For me, yeah, it kind of yeah, helps. Just help it, help it go, yeah? Help it flow. Even like in this one too, it helps for me if I switch hands almost. That one I came over my head, but sometimes when I'm turning to keep it directly behind me, almost like in my draft, past the leading edge handle behind, behind my back and switch hands. Sometimes that'll help keep that swinging momentum. There's almost, almost like there's more rotation inertia coming out of the especially with those bigger wings yeah i think i was riding a seven meter so yeah there's, there's a lot of a lot of meat and mass to it but those wings move through the air pretty well i like the momentum that develops from those from those wings actually flying through the air yeah having a big wing is nice too when you do jumps because it's so lofty yeah you can really hold like it will pull you up right oh yeah what I like about using a bigger wing too. All right, I think that was it for this video. I'm gonna stop stop sharing here. Yeah, everybody tripping that day. On an impressive of what everybody like the performance it was doing and just you could see by the look in the the people that was proning or longboarding and even the guys in the parking lot, they just was looking at us and going.
why aren't we doing that? Yeah, it's always fun and, to go uh, out with a group of guys that, and everybody's pushing each other and, and you watch the other guys doing stuff and then you try it too and stuff like that. Yeah. So definitely oh, yeah. makes it more challenging. But yeah, I wanted to talk a little about this this one where, um, Derek, I think this is the first time you pulled off a back loop. Is that right? Have you pulled off other ones? Just one before. But this is the only one on like film and stuff like that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like your technique. What do you do? What do you try? What do you think about? Or what do you, how does it work for you? I did. So when I attempted a few, I noticed my wing was getting, and then I remember once you mentioned trying to do the, you watching the video and you said, oh, you, it seems like I don't get enough airtime before I start my rotation. I try to flick it as soon as I hit the the waves. So watching other guys' videos, I noticed that they go project themselves up first and then they complete their rotation. Earlier that day, I tried to do one and, and same thing, you know, the, the wing caught and I felt like, oh, shucks, I, I, I got to change that up. So when I was going out a few other times, not even jumping, I would just project the wing with my leading arm on the leading edge side just going straight up, you know, jumping straight up to kind of deal and not necessarily rotating, just getting that feel to, okay, I got to go up first. And then once I'm up at the peak, then go ahead and rotate. Um, and on that one, that's what, that's what happened. It just went up and, and did a rotation. And lucky thing, luckily, none of the tips or anything else and pulled me back down. And then I was able to just land it. Still kind of working on riding out of it, but the last time I attempted, the wings caught, and it went, even on when I came down, it caught on the back of the wave, and my foil went through the wing, and I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> so I knew I never do what was supposed to be done. So, but that's just part of it. Right on. So I'm just playing another video. This is on the North Shore where um with uh derek and eli and i and actually i wanted to ask you luke lucas talk a little bit about the challenges of filming uh wing foiling with a drone like oh. yeah absolutely probably about mile off shore with you guys and this has been a learning experience for me as well i did get some good shots but a lot of it was learning how to keep everybody in frame this video that we did was actually probably one of my best to better ones, but just trying to keep everybody in frame and especially if there's multiple people, like this clip right here was awesome. It's probably one of the best clips I ever did, but just especially if there's two, three people, trying to keep everybody in frame was the hardest. Um, trying to steady and make sure that I'm high enough that nothing's gonna happen i'm not gonna run into anybody or catch a wave myself but just like with uh, foiling practice you get better yeah yeah and what's um interesting too is that like this for this seven minute video we were um, on the water probably for several hours and i think you used used up like nine batteries flew in and out nine times and it is pretty far out so yeah it takes a lot of work to get that footage yeah but yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about the difference like 
here you can see the wind's blowing more like side offshore. So it's really different the way you hold the wing. Like you can just hold it out to the side and it pretty much just, it's, I find it easier to, to handle the wing when it's just blowing off side offshore. What, what do you think, Eli? Yeah, definitely. It keeps the wing to the side and behind you. Nothing in the front, so you got a clear view of the wave or where you need to go. Also, when it's onshore, the wing is in front of you and you're always battling the tip from the tips falling down in front of you and touching the water. So it's definitely much easier. But this place in particular is pretty tricky where we were. The wind is really up and down. Once you ride the wave further in, the wind gets really light. So it's, it's pretty tricky. It's challenging. Yeah, for sure. It's a tricky spot. And if you fall in, in the impact zone, sometimes there's no wind and you can't really get going again and you can't get back out again. But I, I think, Derek, sometimes you try to still get the wing behind you, even in, in the side offshore conditions, right? Yes. Yeah. With that wide handle shield position, I can just, it's beneficial because I can go into the wind and come back against the wind and just still hold the wing and it, it won't, um, really affect the good thing about the side shore is where the wind is where the wing gonna be because the wind is just blowing versus the onshore condition you kind of okay i'm riding and i'm going fast so the wing is going to be behind me but as soon as i turn everything will drop and, and all of a sudden you have the wing in front of you so with this one no matter where you're going you it's it should be in front because you have that super strong gusty gusty wind yeah. as soon as you turn it's going to be that side, whatever, west side of you. But yeah, with that little Y stuff, because it's not on the leading edge, I feel like I can hold it and like manipulate the wing a little more to conform to to the wave. Like sometimes when you're on the wave and if it gets steeper, a lot of times the way the wind will come up the face. And, and blowing up. And, and if you're not ready for that, you, the lost handle will just start um, spinning on you. Because all of a sudden it's going from side shore position until it's, and, and when you get to the steep part of the wave, it's going to go start going from your feet up to your head. And then you're going to be trying to fight that. Hmm. Yeah, because while you're holding that Y handle, it's your forearm and your shoulder is also in contact with the with the wing right so you got three points of contact it seems like it would be a lot more stable than just holding the left hand though so you can stabilize it with your shoulder too i guess yeah yeah and it just it becomes another part of your just another part of your body you just got to get ready for that little push of wind to back wind you or whatnot mm-hmm yeah, let's talk a little bit about like the wing size. Like I know I I kind of like using a little bit bigger wing and I know Eli, I guess it it's just depends on your body weight too. If you're if you weigh more, you can it's definitely helpful to have a bigger wing. It's also easier to handle a bigger wing if you're tall and a little bit stronger, bigger. But I've noticed Derek, most of the time it seems like you're almost always on your four meter wing, huh? Yes, yeah, of course, yeah. I tried, unless the wind is almost dead, I'll go ahead and use the five meter. But as far as I, I find the four is, is just fine. It's enough to go in. I'm about 145, 150 pounds, 150 pounds. Mm -hmm. 
And my board, I think it's about 75 leaders. And um, using a thousand, most times within a thousand oil. So it's enough to get me going. And um, and usually when you start, you get up on in the standing position on your board before you lift the wing out of the water, right? Like you stand up on the board and then you lift up the wing, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, not not on the knees or um, sinking or whatever, yeah. The what about Eli and Is Do you do it that way too, Cole? I know your dad, Eddie, does it that way too, standing on the board. Yeah, he's the one that um, taught me how to do it. So you do it that way too? Yeah, I never did a knee start before. Huh. And what about you, Eli? Same here. I use, my board has a lot of leaders, so I stand on it first, leaning on the wing, and mm. then I'll pull it up yeah yeah i recently started using a pretty small board it's only i think it's like around 55 liters or something like that and there's no way i could stand up on it so i pretty much have to knee start but i've that's how i've been doing it all along anyways but um but yeah i guess that standing technique is probably a little bit easier on your knees and back too you don't have to kneel on your board as much it can be a little tippier because when you're up out of the water, it's a little less stable. So I think there's pros and cons to both ways. So let's talk a little bit about getting up on foil, the technique for pumping, or if the wind's not quite enough to easily have it pull you up onto the foil, like what do you do to get moving and get up on the foil? What are some pointers for that? You know, I think a lot of oh, it. Eli, I think you have a lot of training for this, yeah? <laughs> yeah, Eli. <laughs> yeah, Eli is like the light wind master, huh? You know, I think a lot yeah, of it yeah, has to do sure. with the type of foil, too. I know the higher aspect wing, front wings with less cord, longer wing tip, uh, longer wing, wingspan. In my experience, those foils like to speed is your friend when you're trying to get up, so... When I try to get up with those in light wind, I really focus all of my pulling and pumping to go forward, gaining speed, and the speed helps you get up. When I use uh, lower aspect wings or the mid aspect wings, I tend to direct my pulling and pumping upwards. So I try to pull my weight up and I try to bounce the board to get it up. But with the higher aspect wings, I try to pull my weight forward and looking for any kind of, especially in the wind is light, looking for any kind of current or little bump that might be going your way, trying to get on that bump and use that to build your speed as well. Yeah. And I think like for gaining speed for a high aspect foil that has a kind of a higher planing speed, it, it really helps to have a board that kind of glides well too, or kind of generates that speed easily. But I guess the other trick is in light wind is just to um, not fall in. So as long as you're, you're up on foil, if you don't come off the foil, usually you can keep it going. But if, once you come off, then sometimes you just have to wait for a gust or whatever to pick you up again, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Very in, in, uh, initially, when we all was learning, we just would stay out till, oh, shucks, we got a paddle in. But now as you progress, I think every winger, you see the signs and you, you know, recognize that there's a rain cloud or there's not too much texture. And we recognize now is 
we got to go in. And we fly to other people in our circle. We fly to other people like, hey, get in light. Let's head in. And usually we make it in. It's, it's the most times when you try to push the limit is when you get stuck out there and you got to get a ride in or some, somebody would just come down the beach and pick you up. Yeah, but I find that here in Hawaii anyways, like even when the wind's dying, it'll there'll still be like a couple more gusts coming before it completely yeah. dies. So sometimes if you're just patient, instead of paddling in, you can wait and, and eventually there'll be another gust to get you going and then you can usually ride back in. I don't know. Like to me, sometimes it's worth right. it to be patient and wait a little bit before you take that long paddle in. Yeah, yeah. But it's part of the learning curve where you recognize that and you go, okay, the next one, we're going, I'm going in. In in the beginning, it used to be like, oh, we're back. We're we're a good win again. Let's go. And you keep staying out another 10, 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, it's like, for real, the win is gone. And then you're going, oh, I really think I paddle now. Yeah, sometimes when, when, you're looking at last, when the last gust comes, you just, it's best to just go in, right? With, with that last gust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then I found, I noticed for myself on getting up on wing, when it's lighter wind, when I'm first starting holding a wing I'm in my hand and I'm waiting, it'll be heel side, which is a little bit easier for most people. I'll have my feet wide at a wide stance in this in my straps and once i feel that little bit of gust coming i'll give a couple pumps with my arms couple pump my legs and then as i'm going forward with the with my arm momentum and getting that little pull i'll go ahead and slide my foot forward in the straps and that, as that little moment movement of my foot coming forward will be enough to scoop the foil forward and up and that'll help me get up on foil easier than just standing in a, a like a lock position. It's hard. It's kind of that. I, I know that's kind of what I do. It's hard to picture it. But next time we're at the beach, I'll show you just to kind of like how the down prone paddlers, when they do flat water starts, same momentum. You just scoop the board forward and you slide your feet in the straps forward. And that'll help propel the foil forward and up as you're pumping your arms. Yeah. One one thing about pumping the wing too is like sometimes I see people pumping almost too hard where they're pulling so hard that then there's like the, the wing just like flops on the way back. So the, I think the trick is to have more of a smooth, more of a, like it's more like a rotation and you still you don't want the wing to get backwinded or flap totally. Like you want to keep a little bit of power in the wing, but it's like generating a little bit of extra pull. And then at the same time, as you're pulling on the wing, you lift up on your feet a little bit. And sometimes that's enough just to, to, to release the board and, and get going. Yeah. But it's tricky, yeah. but that's, that's a, and that's a similar concept towards when say you want to do two for ones or you're pumping into waves, you got to have that smooth cadence that, that pumping. Cause if you go like too much off rhythm, you won't be able to do, um, maneuver that foil and then you'll come off foil and then drop down so same thing with the like you said with the wing pumping you you need to have that that boat that nice cadence going mm -hmm. yeah 
Cora, do you have any tips on getting going or getting up on foil? As you said, I do that round motion. And if I go too hard, that's going to come back at me. And that just makes, slows me down. So what I do is once I see a little bit of texture in the water, I get on my board. I start doing that rounded uh, rotation. And then what I do is I jump. Like I jump in the water. Like I'm jumping without the board. I just jump up. And while I'm just pumping, and once I feel that pull, I just pull it and then I jump into it. And that's how I get up. Oh, so you almost jump with your feet off the board completely to unweigh it completely kind of thing. Yeah. Do you have your feet in the straps when you do that? Sometimes. Or yeah, sometimes I keep it off and then I just go on it and I slide the board um, more to get the motion going. And then I jump and then the board will come up. And then I put my uh, feet in the straps or just, if it's windy, I'll just put my feet in the straps and I can just get up easily. Yeah. But yeah, something to mention for kind of people starting out, like when you're starting out, you, I guess you depend more on having either really strong wind or just a bigger wing, bigger wing and a bigger foil to get going. But yeah, as you get better and develop that technique for pumping, and then you can work your way down to using a smaller foil and a smaller wing and a smaller board and having that equipment, it just makes it everything else nicer. If you, because basically if you're using a big board and a big wing and a big foil, once you're up on foil, then it's kind of, you have everything that's like more than you need. Yeah. As you're overpowered, you have too much lift from the foil and the boards kind of in your way because it's so big. Yeah. So as you get better, that's the goal to use the smallest equipment you can use basically. Cole brought up a good point. He said that when he sees a gust coming or he sees the texture on the water, it's really important to know the area you're in. It depends how the wind is blowing. If the wind is more offshore, you get a shorter, a shorter glimpse at when the gust is coming. Sometimes if it's side or onshore, you can see the gust coming from far away. And it's important, in my opinion, to to be able to visually tell, like the wind speed, you can see texture on the water and you can be thinking like, oh, that's not enough wind and more texture on the water. And you think, okay, when that gust comes here, that's going to be enough wind. So you can start prepping. When you see it coming, you can start getting up, start pulling a little, build up your momentum, build up your speed. Then when that gust does hit you, you're halfway there. All you need is a couple pumps or a couple little hops. And that's especially important when the wind is light and the gusts are coming really quick and short little puffs. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. To And also to save your energy. Sometimes people wear themselves out before the good gust comes and then they fall in right when the wind, wind is strong enough to just pull them out without doing anything. Yeah. Sometimes just being a little bit patient and waiting for that the right moment to take off is really key and watching, looking for it, looking upwind and see what's coming. And the other thing too, is if you're up trying to pull yourself up and the wind is not strong enough, if you're going away from shore, you could be pulling yourself far away from shore and you're going to have to paddle in farther. And you can also be pulling yourself away from the windier spot too. If you know your area, so if you're just standing up and the wind is too light to get up, it could you could be sailing away. So it might be better to sit down until you see a good gust coming so you're not losing ground or anything. Right. Yes, yeah, I, I agree with that. 
We, we've seen that a bunch of times where they, it'll be strong enough wind to keep you moving on the surface, but not gusts to get you up and flying. So we see a bunch of times where guys are just trying, trying guys and girls actually, and they end up going like way down the coast or way out. And uh, luckily there's a steady gust and they can get up and then fly back in. Yeah, I, I also recommend if you're looking on the water surface and glassy and still, you look behind of it and you texture, you just sit and wait or you just kind of hold your wing, put your wing in the water like an anchor and just wait till you see it until that texture is coming closer. And once it's coming closer, then you get your balance, get your stance ready, and then you get ready to go and uh, give that couple pumps and hopefully you get up. Exactly. And then I've noticed too, like sometimes even when you have a really big wing, you still have to wait for that gust. It's not like you can just get going at any moment you want, even with a seven meter wing, you still have to wait for that gust to get going. But, and I think one of the big advantages though of having a really big wing in the, those light, on those light wind days is that you can kind of make it through the lulls. If there's a spot where there's almost no wind at all with a big wing, you can just fly through it without too much trouble. Whereas on a small wing, you kind of wear yourself out pumping and maybe not make it through that lull. So that's, I think one of the bigger advantages of having a, a big wing and light wind is just that you can keep going easier more than getting going earlier. And, and Derek, I know you, you've been teaching a lot of people, like what kind of stuff do you see? Do you have any tips for beginners, people starting out? What, do you, what kind of mistakes do you see a lot? What kind of tips do you give people that are starting out and learning? A lot of things I see is they're going, they're trying to be take bigger steps than they should to be more advanced. Oh, I'm better than this. I foil, I kite, I do all of that. And they um, just use two small boards wings they're trying to pump and you know pump their legs and pump their arms at the same time and then trying to go to too much of an advanced spot there's nothing wrong with going to a little kiddie pool or, or learning area get it down and advance from there like everybody else that did it and, and it's always good as, especially when you, you when you do advance and you you want to learn something else it's always good to go back work on that thing in that little kiddie pool and then apply it to the brakes and the stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So don't try, don't try to advance too quickly, go in like flat water locations first. And I find it, yeah. it really helps to have a place to where you can just go downwind where you don't have to worry about staying in one spot. Like you can just keep going downwind or get picked up somewhere down downwind or something like that. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times it, it's a mental thing too. So, you know, when you're flying and you're going further and you're looking back and going, oh, how am I going to get back to my car or, or back to the beach or my friends or whatnot? That kind of puts a damping on it. And then you end up coming in to shore and then you, you end up walking back 10, 15 minutes with all this big gear. And then when you go out twice, by the third time you're going, no way, I'm not. That I'm done. So if you can get somewhere where you can go a few miles straight downwind, that'll be ideal. Or if you can go with somebody that has an escort, a boat, jet ski, or something like that. You don't have to worry mentally. You don't have to worry, how will I get back? So that really helps. Any other uh, big, good beginner tips? Don't give up. Don't give up because once you, once you get it, it's good. Yeah. 
I, I, yeah, I see that too. Like a lot of people just kind of, they think they're going to learn it in a couple of days. And then when they don't, they get frustrated and they give up on it. Right. Yeah. And if you, it's no shame in asking for assistance, for tips from anybody else, and even taking a lesson or two, because it'll just help out in the long run. Because if you try people around, whether it's all over the world and they try to do it on their own and it's, it takes them, they might get it eventually. But it takes them longer than if they went through like that little proper route. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Koa? You got any pointers? I, I know you've you only learned to wing foil like about a year ago, or how long have you been doing it? I would say uh, a little less than a year. Wow. Like it's like the second week that I started to learn how to hydrofoil itself, like so. And some beginner tips, I would say, yeah, just don't give up. Just no shame in asking for help, ask for tips. And yeah, that's it. Would you say subfoiling is easier or wing foiling was easier for, to, for you to learn? I would say wing foiling just because subfoiling, you have to actually get on the wave. But with wing, you just need wind. You can control the board however way you like. Then, uh, and like have some support, like the wind holding you while you're moving your uh, wing. Because when you're on a sup, you're just like balancing it out by yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. What about you, Eli? You got any more tips? You know, I'd say when learning, it's really helpful if you make it easier on yourself. Get the right gear, especially if you foil before either sup or prone. You're going to want a board with enough leaders for you to comfortably stand on. You're probably gonna want a little bigger foil than you're used to, just more lift in general. That'll make things easier. The more lift, more stability would definitely help. Also, practicing on land is real helpful because once you're in the water, you're gonna you're gonna be worried about balancing or be worried about getting up on foil. So if you already got your wind handling basics down, from playing around on the land, just passing hand to hand, practicing little jibes or whatnot in the wind. That'll save you a lot of time. And also practicing with a skateboard in a nice flat area, that helps a lot. That really helps with transitions to like jiving and tacking, learning the, the motions to do that because it's a lot easier to do it on a board skateboard than on the water once on the foil, staying up on foil and all that, right? Yeah. Cool. Are there any, is there anything you guys want to say to the people getting into the sport, like in terms of the community or like any message you want to give to everybody getting into the sport? Where leashes. Um, I guess I'll, I'll check say, leashes. Uh, go ahead, Eli. No, no, I was, I was just saying, wear leashes, check your leashes. Always check your gear. If a wing leash breaks, one flip and the wing is about 10 feet away from you. So two flips, three flips, before you know it, it's going to be like 30 yards away from you. Make sure you check your leashes. And also communication is key because once you get up on foil, say you're with two people, once you get up on foil and you're gone, the conditions aren't always conducive for you to come back and talk store and coordinate and plan. So before you even get in the water, have a game plan with your crew or your partners about where you guys are going to end, which direction you're heading and whatnot. 
Communication and safety, real important. Good. Yes, definitely, definitely. And as well as, where was it going with this? Just letting other people know, like even others in the surf, when you do get out and start going through the surf, we don't need to be going through a super crowded lineup. We can just stay outside. A lot of times on the Evercoast here, we have miles of waves that we can catch to the area where the surfers are and we can kick out and we just tell those guys, go, you guys go ahead and we'll fly back out and, and just enjoy. And the community right now, winging is so new. There are awesome people. Everybody's willing to help. If you do have questions, reach out either on social media, onto your local break, to however, dude, don't feel ashamed of asking any questions, any tips. That's because you see somebody doing really cool stuff. They more than likely they just been in your shoe six months ago, eight months ago, a year. Like wing wing foiling is not old, so you're gonna ask a question, and yeah, I'll go ahead and say, hey, maybe you should try this or you should try that, because we we were all there before. Yeah, and it's it's kind of up to us to make the community the way we want it to be, and like surfing is a lot of times like surfers are so aggressive or like they have to be able to get away and yeah and wing filling you don't really have we don't need that really we can just have fun and and share it and enjoy it together and not have to be like all aggressive and like we can just share right, a wave right. and smile we don't have to be all get all mad at each other or something but i was just thinking another tip by saying if your board ever ends up being upside down with the foil sticking up and your wing is close by, that's like emergency situation, especially if the board is upwind of your wing, just do whatever you can to flip that foil back underwater and away from your wing because it happens so quickly that the thing just tips over, gets blown into your wing, and then you have a big hole in your wing and you're out of action for a few days and have to get it fixed and so on. So that's, I think that happens a lot to beginners, right? <laughs> like, yes, yes. It happens very quickly. Also, I, I also see people mm -hmm. sometimes like having their board on the beach with the foil sticking up and then they tie the leash, the wing leash to the top of the foil or something like that. And then the first gust that comes, just like blows it over and the, the foil falls into the wing or something like that. So just be um, very aware of um, your foil um, not falling onto your wing, like, cause that it damages your wing very easily. I think we've all. Yeah, had that yeah. Sound us, like, right? sound like. What was that from experience, or was that from something you saw? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it never happened to me. Of course, I just saw other people doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As Brenda, she knows. Fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Any other last words, anyone? All right. Uh, awesome. No, I just want to thank, thank you. Thank you and everything. Sorry, Koi, you had something else to say? Yeah, I just want to say have fun, be safe, communicate, know the wind directions, respect the community. All right. That's big tips. All right. That's great. Sure. All right. Thank you all for your time. Uh, I know, Koi, you have school tomorrow morning and we all probably have to work and stuff like that. It's pretty 10 o'clock at night. So, Thanks for joining me and uh, thanks for everyone watching on YouTube and take care. I'll see you on the water. Aloha guys.
Good night. Hello. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. Good night, you guys. All right. Thanks so much for sticking around to the end. Uh, I know some of you listen to it as a podcast and probably listen to every single word. But those of you on YouTube, if you watch it all the way to the end on YouTube, you're one of the elite 5% who watch the whole thing from start to end. So congratulations for that. And thanks for sticking around. So please give it a thumbs up if you liked it. And leave your comments down below. And, and thanks for the support for Blue Planet. Basically, the show is sponsored by people like you that support our business, Blue Planet. So I always appreciate that. We're keeping it free. I'm not charging anything or, or you don't have to make any donations or anything like that. But if you can support Blue Planet next time you're buying some new foil equipment, that's really appreciated. And that's what supports this show as well. So thank you and have a good one. See you on the water.